and welcome to the latest podcast in our CSRD or Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive Demystified series. Today we will be discussing the CSRD's approach to materiality. We know that a key way in which CSRD differs from existing sustainability regimes is in its approach to materiality. Ies, could you briefly explain what that is? Thanks, David. So the CSRD and the ESRS, which stands for the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, are underpinned by the concept of double materiality. A sustainability matter meets the criterion of double materiality if it is material from an impact perspective or a financial perspective or both. Financial materiality is what we would more traditionally think of as material from reporting. So things that are material in terms of financial risks to the business. Impact materiality requires entities to look to the materiality of their impacts on people and on the environment. This is a key differentiator from both existing disclosure regimes and other incoming regimes like the IFRS's sustainability disclosure standards, all of which use a materiality investor focus model for reporting. So why has the EU adopted this approach? Well, there are a few reasons for this. Some of their aims are to promote awareness of impacts, which may otherwise be discounted or ignored and encourage the prevention or mitigation of adverse impacts. This approach is also intended to support prudent and impact-based allocation of capital and also be useful to a stakeholder audience beyond the primary users of financial reporting. And then another aim is also to support organisations to help identify opportunities so that they can make positive impacts. So now we have a bit of an understanding of what double materiality means in this context. David, are there any challenges of this approach? Thanks, Yes. As always, there are challenges and double materiality brings uh, quite a few of those. Double materiality is yet to be brought to life. It is by and large a new concept. Accordingly, there is little meaningful guidance that has been published on how to apply the concept in practice. There is, for instance, no specific materiality threshold, financial or otherwise. And for some of those, the expectations is that a, a specific threshold will not be sufficient. In addition, there is no recognition of traditional concepts such as control, the expectation is not that having control will be the determining factor to inform the approach to due diligence or responsibility for addressing any findings coming out of such due diligence. Importantly, the materiality assessment will extend up and down the value chain with no clear limits, no boundaries. In particular, the most difficult of the two concepts, impact materiality, raises the expectation that preventive and mitigating action will have to be taken. There is an expectation that the organization will take action which extends beyond mere legal compliance. 
Wow, sounds like there are quite a few challenges. And do you think there are any benefits at all to this approach? Yes, in the sense that uh, the materiality assessment uh, will be the key starting point for corporates to go about uh, the way in which they address uh, the ESRS. As you know, ESRS has approximately 120 data points and a number of mandatory requirements. Some of the data points will be mandatory regardless of a company's or a group's materiality assessments. However, others will only have to be complied with to the extent they are deemed material. And so in that sense, the materiality assessment is a very important element. And it will be important to apply this on a consistent basis going forward, as comparability year on year is one of the key goals of uh, the reporting standards. If implemented thoughtfully, using a double materiality approach could also help corporates to pull the different elements of their ESG narrative and strategy together and produce more effective disclosure for investors and other stakeholders. So I guess in practice, this means that for the first time, Inscope corporates will be required to identify their impacts on people and the planet and disclose them as well as the actions they are taking to address them. They will also need to set materiality thresholds and work out their materiality assessment processes. Um, impact materiality as opposed to financial materiality should be an organization's starting point when it comes to materiality assessment. Um, and those impacts must be identified through a clear impact materiality assessment process. And obviously impacts can be positive or negative depending on these results of the assessment and then risks and opportunities must also be identified through a financial materiality assessment process. David, are there any other points that companies should be aware of when embarking on this? Yes, the, the key thing that companies need to know is that this will require a shift in uh, the approach to reporting uh, and in particular in the way they organize themselves, they build their capacity and allocate resources. It will be key to get ahead of the game in resourcing and expertise as early as possible and ag agree a clear approach to materiality that you can apply consistently going forward. Thank you, David. That's really helpful. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you are interested in learning more about the CSRD or any other ESG matters, please do check out our Sustainable Futures page.